But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Tease. After further re- after further review, somebody's on the phone, Frank. Uh, hold one second. That's all they want to. Yeah, somebody was wanted to asking for you. Oh, they're asking for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, you go ahead. Go ahead with your segment, and I'll talk to them on the phone. Go ahead. All right. What do you got here, Frank? All right. So we're gonna go with our high school football scores in the state of Michigan. And we'll run through several conferences and some of the games that happened last night. As it was Week Nine in this great state. End of the regular season. Some teams, their season is over. Others are going to the playoffs. So we'll start things off in the Big 8 Conference. In that one, some scores of note. Michigan Center 28, Reading 20. Hey, both those teams will be playing in the postseason. Napoleon 42, Homer 28. Those teams are playing in the postseason. Big game today at 1 o'clock. Hawk, Addison and Jonesville. This is the Big Eight Cascades Conference Crossover Cup on the line. All right, this one should be a good one. My good friend Clay Pellman, assistant coach at Addison. Hopefully, hey, the Panthers do well. I've got red and black on. On for them. And moving on to let's go to the the Downriver League. There has the championship in that conference was decided last night. All right, here's some scores. All right, Allen Park 48, Southgate Anderson, zilch. Allen Park was playing for a championship. Yep, Dearborn Edsel Ford 14, Taylor, zilch. Lincoln Park yeah, 39. Yeah, there's, a, there's a team called Edsel Ford, like Deer- the car. Yeah, Dearborn Edsel Ford, the alma mater of former Michigan State quarterback Dan Enos. Is it? Eno. <laughs> okay, we did. Did he call Central Michigan? They called him Enos the. Yeah, he, okay, yeah. We don't. We have brought that bit up enough. <laughs> uh, well, we, we're not really. Not, I don't think a lot of people know about Dan Enos in that bit. But is that also uh, Henry Ford's alma mater, too? Edsel Ford. That's a no, it's, it's, it's named after Edsel Ford. I know that much. Oh, okay. Their, and their, their, their mascot is the Thunderbirds. Nice. Okay, the Thunderbirds. Cool. And then other score, Trenton 35, Wyandotte 15. But the game that decided the championship last night was between Woodhaven and Gibraltar Carlson. Woodhaven was in the top 10 in Division One. Carlson and solid team in Division Three. They lost to Allen Park earlier in the year, but Woodhaven beat Allen Park. Mm-hmm. And Carlson emerges victorious 28-14. to I mean, Much to the chagrin of myself, Chris, and Gary at Friday Night Victors, we all thought Woodhaven was going to win, but Landon Grove and company went out and got the job done. So to Coach Grove and the rest of the Marauders, job well done, fellas. Go do some work in the postseason. So that's why they play the game, Frank. Oh, yeah. 
But, and Gibraltar also has doesn't have the Trade Center anymore. But I saw someone post about it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, rest- why is it called Gibraltar Carlson? Isn't there a town called Carlson? No, no, Carlson. It's Oscar Carlson High School. Okay, but isn't there a Carlson, Michigan? There, you're thinking of Carlton. I'll call it Carlton. Okay. Not, not like Carlton from the Fresh Prince. Right. Keep going. So that's the Downriver League. We'll move on to the Huron League. As they had non-conference tune-ups this week. few scores that happened there. Their, uh, New Boston might be able to sneak into the playoffs with that win over Crestwood. And, of course, they did so without... Matt Williams and I don't believe Isaac and I think Isaac Smith who was banged up. They've got a lot of injuries, but you know, give a ton of credit to Chad Smith and company for keeping them uh, them going. Grossiel loses to Mount Clemens. Clintondale twenty-two to sixteen. Milan fifty puts up a fifty burger. They win over Detroit Osborne fifty-one to Bagel. Is Detroit Osborne pretty bad? Osborne, you know, they started out with a loss, then they won four straight games, they started building some momentum, and then everything just kind of went to hell for them. We have a new, uh, if you notice, we have a new theme for your segment. Okay, I can I can dig it. Oh, the ESPN College Football theme. Yes, exactly. So we'll do All right. that for, for Misha. I'll stick with that. Yep. Okay, moving on. Livonia Clarenceville defeats Flat Rock 29-6. This was a score that kind of surprised me, though. Airport was playing Dearborn Heights Robichaud. I was thinking, you know, Airport can score points, but they can't really stop anybody, and Robichaud has a senior quarterback. Well, Airport put up a 50-burger as well. They beat Robichaud 55-21. That will actually help my alma mater, Ida, out in terms of playoff points because now they'll get bonus points for an airport win, and that possibly knocks Dearborn Heights Robichaud out of getting a one seed in the district. Airport put an extra flyer miles on that team. Yep. And then, let's see, uh, they don't have a score listed for Jefferson, Detroit, Northwestern, but I do know that Jefferson did win that game. Mm Mm-hmm. So the Bears ended up going 3-6 and six this year, which is an improvement over last season for Gene Geno and company. So hopefully things are going to be getting better her out in Newport. And then this was a score that kind of turned a lot of heads. I'm not surprised by who won, but the fact that they basically opened up the proverbial can of whoop-ass. Okay. Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central, 56, Warren Mott, 21. Yeah, I heard that Nico Bellino scored. Ah uh, yes, he is. A, he is related to Anthony. I don't know, but I'm not sure how. But he yeah. did. Anthony Bellino gave him a shout out. Said that Nico Bellino scored, and then I guess a 91 yard touchdown. I actually, after I got done doing my game last night, I actually put it out, put the broadcast on. Heard my good friends Jeff Grody and Gary Hoff with the call, and I heard Jeff calling Nico's 91 yard touchdown run. Nice, just like Barry Sanders. Yes, okay. so the Falcons put up a 50 burger on the Marauders. I'll talk more about this game in a little bit more detail mm-hmm. later. Two more scores, Frank. You know, all so right, we got, we got a good time crunch here. Yes, want to get all the material. So now right. we'll move on to the Interstate Eight Conference. The Interstate Eight. Yeah, this is kind. of... Uh, one score of note, Jackson Lumen Christie beat Dearborn Divine Child 34-14. I love that name, Dearborn Divine Child. So Lumen might be, Lumen Christie and SMCC could possibly meet if for 
Heat in the playoffs. Hopefully it's a, not until the semifinals, but that could be a possible de facto state championship game. Mm-hmm. Hey there. Now we'll move on to the Lenaway County Athletics Association, the LCAA. Hey, and why is that? They are your champions for this year. They go 9-0. They beat Dundee 28-0 last night. So hats off to Coach Dan Rogers and company. Is this your last week in high school football for week nine? Yes, this is week nine. Okay, so playoffs are next week just like that is correct. the state of Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So Hudson wins the conference. Ida takes the runner-up spot. They beat Brooklyn Columbia Central 43-12. to mm-hmm. uh, They're probably going to end up having in home field for at least the first couple of rounds, probably for the district round, but depending on how things shake out, I've seen some projections where they would probably run into Constantine mm-hmm. in the regional, which they'd have to go out there. Other scores of note, Clinton defeats Hillsdale 54-34, to another 50-burger. Mm-hmm. And then Blissfield beats Onstead 43-20. to Those are your LCAA scores. I would say hey. Clinton, Hudson, Dundee, and Ida, those are your playoff teams out of there. Ida made the playoffs, huh? Yep. I figured they would. Now you now you claim them now that you're over in Bedford, because remember you were at Dundee and you didn't claim them at all, even though I was your alma mater. <laughs> and people were saying you were a Benedict Arnold. Well, well, now they can basically quit their crying. Exactly. Now you have no affiliation with either school. And now you can so just now I can say may the be- when they play each other, may the, the best, best team win. Exactly. So, a few other scores to note. Let's go to the Southeastern Conference Red Division, and which is where Bedford is. And they their game actually changed hands. They were supposed to play Detroit East English, but a bunch of East English players got in the doghouse. For is it Detroit East English or Detroit Old English? Detroit East English. Then what's his face go there? Did Julius? The basketball player that went to Michigan now is at Cincinnati. He went to East, uh, English, East I, English Village, right? Yes. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he used to. It used to. I believe it used to be the old Detroit Crockett back in the day, but then ended up merging districts with somebody else. East Village, okay. But a few oh. other scores. How about Ann Arbor here on the River Rats, which have been a downtrodden program. <laughs> They beat Rochester 31 to 14. They finished the year 8 and 1, only nice. lost to Celine. Mm-hmm. So it's a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, you think Ann Arbor here and you obviously think of basketball and mm-hmm. hockey, which oddly enough, that is where Patrick Kane Kane went to high school at when he was playing for the US National Development team. Wow. Fun fact. Chelsea a 41-20 winner over Dexter. That's a rivalry game. I actually worked the freshman game on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That was a well-played game between two very well-coached teams. Teams Riverview, I should have mentioned this here on league. They beat Monroe 28-17, came from behind. Unfortunately, they did lose their starting quarterback, Preston Thompson, to a pretty nasty leg injury. But I did see Preston put out on Twitter that he was doing well. He is scheduled for surgery, so... Uh, we want to send our well wishes to him. How did Monroe do? They ended up going four and five. No playoffs. So no playoffs for them. Celine was a 34-21 winner over Lake Orion. Celine continues to dominate the SEC Red. In other news, water is wet. What was their record? Celine was 9-0. Oh, so Polka's up there pulling his magic like he was down here in the Buckeye well, State. Well, he's a he's a great coach. I don't. That's not really much more I can say. Celine's an incredibly well coached team. Is it well coached or great talent? 
It's a mix of both. Okay, good, good balance. They've got they have talent there. They're starting. Well, their quarterback who was supposed to start for this year, Larry Robinson, he actually is going to play at West Point, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, he ended up injuring his knee, and he was he lost for the year. So, enter C.J. Carr, mm-hmm. the grandson of Lloyd Carr. Oh, okay. So, and they they have been in good hands. So, mm-hmm. Celine, they could be a team that could make some noise depending on who they run into. Who mm-hmm. was because Division One's pretty tough. Other score note, Tecumseh beats Ann Arbor Skyline 27-18. That game was called early because Skyline, according to my good friend Jake Krasaniak at Tecumseh, had over 300 yards of penalties and a ton of unsportsmanlike conducts. That's sad. Un, uh, just undisciplined football. Sound like it probably sound, was, Were they pretty good or were they decent or were they terrible? Skyline's a dumpster fire. Yeah, the, the kids, you know, last week, your dumpster fire been getting basically peed on all season and kids probably like screw it we're out of here and they yeah. probably started Sky, Skyline ended up going uh, 0-9 on the year they did beat Ann Arbor Pioneer on the field but they ended up having to forfeit that because they used an ineligible player <laughs> yeah yeah you, it's, you, it's that, now that's coaching right there using ineligible players and then that's, penalties and stuff yeah. it sounds like that's a culture again issue. that's something I'll get into a little bit later other score, Ann Arbor Pioneer loses to Utica Ford 23-21. And, of course, Ipsy Lincoln in the Battle of Ypsilanti prevails. Holes over Ipsy High, 41-23. to hey, And then we'll wrap it up with some Tri-County Conference scores. Start off with the game I did last night. Sand Creek defeated Adrian Madison 40 to nothing. This was kind of a pretty hyped up game. The Scott Gallagher Bowl, mm-hmm. as I told you off air. Scott Gallagher was the coach at Sand Creek for the last few years, mm-hmm. but then he ended up bolting for Adrian Madison in the offseason after Taz Wallace retired. And I thought there was going to be a lot of animosity and it's going to be chippy. Why? Because the guy made a decision to go to another school? Well, to pretty much one of the, the school in the same conference. But. Surprisingly, the game was actually pretty clean. Right, you know, there wasn't not, a ton of penalties. There's a lot great sportsmanship, both sides. And he went to go better a better situation, maybe. Yeah, and maybe he just said, you know and what, Sam, I want a new challenge. You can't and be Sam, mad at that. Yeah, I mean, Madison finishes the year five and four. I don't think they're going to have enough to get into the playoffs, though. Oh, but Sand Creek, Mark Spicer has done a really nice job with them. They got a ton of athletes, but the fun the fun thing is a lot of those kids on both sides, I officiated them when they were playing youth football, mm-hmm. so it was cool to see them. And also another cool moment, you can see this on my Instagram, mm-hmm. is the cross-country teams from both Madison and Sand Creek, they ran the game ball from Sand Creek High School to Madison, mm-hmm. and they presented it to us officials before kickoff. Nice. So nice. I, thought, I thought that was kind of cool that they did that. That is cool. So other scores... Morency 22, Pittsford 14. This was Pittsford's final game playing 11-man football. Oh, they're going to 8-man. Yeah. They, they they should have done it sooner. I mean, my, I don't, I'm not trying to, to uh, crap all over Pittsford, but, you know, sometimes you just got to say, you know, you want if you want to win, you got to make the right decision. But, I mean, I think a lot of it was they're trying to hold on because they won a state championship in the, the 90s. Mm-hmm. 
He's, I think, going to eight man will suit them a lot better. Yeah, there's a lot of schools have done that. They just don't have enough kids. Yeah, and not to mention because of the concussion stuff and kids now playing more soccer. There's more stuff available. A lot of football programs are seeing the dwindling of kids. That's why I think a lot of scores are unbalanced now. One, because of the spread offense, but but two, you don't get a lot of kids out. A lot of teams just have more depth than the other team. Yeah. Other scores. Summerfield beat Flint New Standard 54-6. to And then pretty much the game that was going to decide the Tri-County Conference Championship. Mm-hmm. Whiteford defeated Erie Mason 62-22. to Bobcats are your Tri-County Conference champions. Stanky leg alert. Yeah, and Erie Mason, they finished the year 5-4. and four. I don't think they're going to have enough to get into the playoffs, though. They didn't. They didn't it's not that they had any... Bad losses. They had some. They played a pretty tough schedule. They, well, their losses were to Hudson, who's the number one team in Division Eight. Pontiac, Notre Dame Prep, who's really good in D four. Mm-hmm. Sand Creek, who's also really good. So I mean, they have quality losses, but I don't think there's enough points for them to get in. Okay. So, and then how about we pull up some? There's one eight man football score I want to bring up because this was a pretty ballyhooed game between Lenaway Christian and Britton Deerfield. It was a clash of two really good teams and it was the Cougars prevailing over the Patriots 41 to 20 in that one and so both those teams could do some damage in the postseason and only time will tell. So that'll do it for the high school football scores. Season ends for some, but some will be continuing. Selection Sunday show will be on Bally Sports Detroit at 5.30 p.m. on Sunday. Tune in to see where your team is playing. Mm-hmm. You can also check out snoozetoyou.com for playoff projections. I'm sure he'll have his. He'll project the field. He's usually pretty accurate. He'll have that out on Sunday. Give him a, give him a look. Mm-hmm. So now we'll transition to talk on ethics and sportsmanship. All right, let's hear this. If you want to go ahead and kill the music. So the fir- first thing I'm going to get into is the ethics portion. And this hat this hat this is a little bit this is from a couple weeks back, but I th- still think it needs to be brought up. This has to do with Chandler Park Academy in Harper Woods, Michigan. Which, by the way, is forty two three six. Yes. So, Chandler Park Academy, they are a charter school, and of course, they this season they ended up getting a new coach. I'm going to see if I can pull. I'm going to see if I can pull them up right now. Yeah, but they ended up finishing the year zero and eight, and for good reason too. Okay. And I'll get. I'm going to get into that detail. And of course, one thing you notice this season is there was a lot of forfeited games, and a lot of it was due to COVID. Mm-hmm. But there were some that did not. Right. And this is. I'm going to read this from Mick McCabe of the Detroit Free Press. Okay. McCabe writes: For the most part, coaches seem to be playing ineligible players more frequently and playing the odds that the MHSAA won't catch them. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Ann Arbor Skyline doing that with against Ann Arbor Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, and even if they're caught, 
the coaches think they're just going to get a slap on the wrist, which is basically like Bart Simpson writing, I will not cheat 100 times on the chalkboard. (laughs) But, of course, it appears to be more rampant this year. But, according to several coaches and administrators, Harper Woods, Chandler Park, they may have not just crossed the line, they basically spit on it and ran about 20 miles past said line. Mm, how? Bobby Symes was took over as a coach this year. Mm-hmm. His son transferred and began playing immediately, which that's a no-no. Mm. Violation of transfer rule. Oh. And when the infraction was brought to the attention... The school claimed that he only played in the two losses before they ended up forfeiting mm-hmm. a few wins. Right. So they ended up their first game. They defeated Detroit Northwestern 48 <clears> nothing. <throat> no, had to forfeit. They then lost to Detroit leadership, which they claimed that he only he played in that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, they lost to Macomb Lutheran North in week three. They also they go and play Pontiac Arts and Tech, a new program. What? Beat them 56 nothing. Got to forfeit that. Uh, but where's these new schools coming from? I mean, come, the ethics need to be stop getting Pontiac Arts. What? It's. I think it's just a school that's starting decided to play football for the first <sighs> time ever. I'm not. I'm not. Cra- I'm not trying to degrade Pontiac Arts and Tech. I mean, I know they had a rough year, but you know, Arts you- and Tech. Come on, for a football team, Pontiac Arts and Tech. I don't wow, know. Like, do what- we got P- Panera Bread High or Krispy Kreme of the Blind Children? Come on. Look, this Derek. This isn't about schools that are actually playing. I'm. That's an ethics call right there. Pontiac Arts and Tech. What is it? What did they do wrong? It, it, no, they well, they decided they no. were going to play, and yeah, they took they and then took they, their share of ass whoopings. But yeah. it's a first year program, fifty six to zero. This is the reason. Come on, and the next thing you know, you have Pontiac of the Art Easel or something. I mean, come on. I mean, look. How, I mean, how many times have I referenced like the the Jackson School for for donut making or right, the yeah. Kalamazoo School for right. her painting happy little trees or Barry, Bob Ross style Barry Bagels High School come on by the way shout out to Blissfield assistant coach Greg Saylor regular tune regularly tunes into the show he tells us both good morning Greg thanks for tuning in man is he the one that wants the new material no 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 that's uh that was Pat Sizer Sizer he's always we'll have some new material for your Sizer but go on okay that's ethics that was a waste of time that game should be for that was just a waste of time but look look but but sticking to who the meat and potatoes here right right so oh they ended up forfeiting a few wins the player was ruled finished for the season. The team moved on. But that's normal procedure when teams are caught with an ineligible player. But Coach Symes basically said F you to the MHSAA. Misha. And said, I'm going to let my kid keep playing with a different jersey number. What? A different jersey I am number? Not ma- I am not making this up. A different jersey number but the same name? I don't think they put names on there, but I mean, well, look. you got to put it on a roster, though. You have to have, he has to be on the roster. Oh, yeah. You might put a, say he was a different, 
There has or, to be a different name. Yeah. So here's what. So I mean, something like that is. I don't think it's unheard of. Like, let's say you have a set of identical twins on a roster. One gets ruled ineligible, the other one's not, but the one who's ineligible puts on his brother's jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh, how can you tell the part? Right. It's kind of like what they do in the movies. But <laughs> Yeah. So he did this, and then what happened? So McCabe writes, that was foolish because eventually the kid was identified in the MHSA. He was through and more forfeitures around the way. That was five wins forfeited over the first seven games. But look, think about it. Look who they're playing, though. Come on, Pontiac of the Arts and what? Well, here's those I, are not those are those, look at that. What did they really forfeit? Here's who they played: Detroit Northwestern, Detroit Leadership Academy. Northwestern, they're not good, are they? Well, they they were the team that Jefferson beat last night. Poor. Next yeah. one, Detroit Leadership. Leadership's actually pretty decent. Okay. So is Bacomb Lutheran North. Okay, okay. Arts and Tech is a new program. Mount Clemens is also in the Charter School Conference. Oh, that's even worse. The Charter School Conference? Yeah. Public schools are, are, are trying to get kids to play, and, and now you got... The, I can go on a rant with those ethics of these people making these charter schools, probably trying to get clout up on 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 the backs of children and 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 trying to cheat the system. I really think they need to get rid of charter schools. This is ridiculous. But keep going. Mm-hmm. And other teams they played: Detroit Edison, which is decent. They're more they're more known for basketball. Right. And they were really good in baseball last year. Right. Right. Warren Michigan Collegiate, which is a good program. Okay. Okay. And then they ended up having a. They also had to play Detroit Voyager, but they ended up forfeiting. But continuing on with the story. They're decent, right, Voyager? Uh, oh, yeah. Not so much. So the Detroit Star Trek Voyager. Oh, yes. I think we, I referred to them and by that name at least a few times. Right. Keep going. So moving on. Chandler Park fought back. The school doubled down and insisted the player in question was not the coach's son, despite wearing his hair the exact same way his son does and wearing identical bright orange receiver gloves. In the words of Colin Ray, that's their story, and they're sticking to it. But the MHSAA doesn't have the greatest reputation following through on alleged violations. Need, to be honest with you, neither does OSHA, so don't well, do yeah. that. They get a certain answer from the school, and they go along with it because they think, well, who would ever lie to us? Mm. Other than, I don't know, everyone? Mm. <laughs> So, but there's also a new assistant director. Mm-hmm. Will McCoy has basically taken over for Nate Hampton. Mm-hmm. And and Will says, uh-uh, this crap ain't going to fly here. Mm-hmm. Here, he, he finds a picture on social media of Simpson wearing the exact jersey he was accused of wearing after he was caught the first time. And Chandler Park officials try to say... Oh my God, we're shocked that there's cheating going on. And they basically said, we're done. We're pulling the plug on the season. Mm-hmm. And then that's why. And, and of course, John Jurgovich is the athletic director. Or he and Signs refused to return calls. And the principal had a PR flack issue with the whole nonsensical release. That he allegedly wrote that about nothing. And this is what he said. 
And it's the u and it's the usual BS that they all PC BS they put out there. We have taken the necessary steps to address the actions of those involved, and will do the work to ensure we keep integrity and fairness a priority. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that PC BSEs isn't fooling anyone, right? Hun, and it didn't address how an ineligible player could be approved by a school to play in the first place. Or why he was permitted to play after he was caught the first time. Or how the athletic director allowed this to happen. Now, let's go back a little bit. Jurgovich, he was actually the football coach a couple years ago. Oh, and late in the season, he figured, hey, I think we're going to get into the playoffs if we only play eight games. This was back in 2019. Right. They decided that after they lost to uh, Warren Michigan Collegiate, they were four and four. Like we're not going to play 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 Bloomfield Hills Cranbrook uh, for, because even though we already have a contract with them, um, we're just going to say uh, we're not going to play here and just hopefully gets enough to get us in. Of course, that game got declared a no contest. Although Michigan-Football.com, which is the Bible I use for high school football scores, mm-hmm. claims it's a forfeit loss. And, of course, as a result, there had to be a coin flip to determine a tiebreaker between two teams who had the same amount of playoff points, same amount of wins, blah, blah, blah. And one team got left out in the cold and because of Chandler Park's chicanery. Mm-hmm. But of course, they paid the price with getting a forty-two nothing ass whooping handed to them by Detroit Country Day in the first round. So justice was served there. There. So, moving on back to this matter. This is pretty much all you need to know. There's a clear lack of institutional control by the principal, the athletic director, the coach. And, of course, the school doesn't do – of course, this is what Associate Director of the MHSA, Tom Rashid, says. He says, we're pleased at the end of the day, at the end of a number of days, the truth prevailed, and the school did the right thing. Of course, that was until there was no other option. And then over the next few weeks, there could be more ineligible players. And – Really? Yeah. This is what are they ineligible? Are they ineligible academically or transfers? Okay. Now look, I I mean I've I think I've mentioned the transfer rule. Like it can't be an athletically motivated transfer. Right. I mean, I mean, look, if they move into the district, that's one thing. But if you're just going there to say, oh, I just want to go here to play, hey, uh, uh. That well, don't how fly. can you prove that? I mean, yeah, there's rules for it, but doesn't is, do they have to sit out if they transfer? How's the yes. rules go from well, um, Michigan? I believe the rule is now if it's if it's deemed an athletically motivated transfer, you have to sit out for a year. Mm-hmm. If you if you live in the district, but trans, but we're at another school, I want to say you sit out the first semester. I mean, I have to pull this up. Okay. But this, is, but I think this is a case of guys saying, "Oh, we're just going to go here to play because uh, we want to play for this coach." Blah blah blah. Whatever. 
But because of this, it's a clear lack of institutional control. Oh, I mean, we hear the NCAA throw that term around. Obviously, with programs like SMU and the Pony Express, mm-hmm. and maybe even throwing around the, the stuff that happened at USC with Reggie Bush, or stuff that happened at Miami with the whole Nevin Shapiro scandal. Right. And McKay basically steps up and says, the MHSAA has to make an example. Mm-hmm. Using ineligible players regularly, they, they're almost daring the MHSAA to do something. Their job is to create a level playing field, and it's been losing that battle, which is why a lot of coaches basically say, are basically keeping secrets that they don't want to be considered tattletales. Well, that's true, though. I mean, look, the way I I mean, if somebody's breaking a minor rule and you're being petty, that's one thing. This ain't minor. This Mm -hmm. is a clear disregard for a black and white rule that is written out in plain English, and Chandler Park, you basically have said, F you, we don't care, we're going to do whatever we want to, what are you going to do about it? Well, here's what I would say to Mark Ewell, Brent Rice, Will McCoy, and all the powers that beat. And I will tell everyone listening, brace yourselves. This is going to be, you might consider my statement a knee-jerk reaction, but you know what? I don't care. It's what I believe, and it needs to happen. You have to step up. Chandler Park Academy deserves a version of the death penalty. And here you go again with the, with the extreme oh, I knew. stuff. <laughs> Why well, do they need the death penalty? And you got to make it quick because you got to get the power okay. in, too. You, you're yapping a little bit. Give me because and this is this is what McCabe says. Says Chandler Park needs to be taught there are meaningful consequences when you hire coaches who act like recruiters and begin cheating. And of course, Symes is not there anymore. But they need to tell McCabe says they need to tell Chandler Park they can have a regular season, but a two-year playoff ban. I'm not so sure how that would work out. Uh, with the whole playoff points system, if you play a team that's not eligible, oh, or if you lose to them. But, of course, they made this ruling pretty quicker than usual because Selection Sunday obviously being tomorrow. But I don't think Mark Ewell has closed the book. And that's why I say they need to be banned from playing football. I mean, I get there's probably kids on there that have done nothing wrong. I understand that. But I also believe that they can make an exception to the transfer rule, say you can go play somewhere else without penalty because somebody else did wrong, and rather than you just being stuck at the same school without getting to play, you can go somewhere else. We'll say it's a one-time exception. Like, for example, I think if a, if a school decides we're not going to have this athletic program anymore – I believe a transfer would be allowed somewhere else and you aren't penalized. Right. Or they should at least put that rule in place. But I guess the thing is, why are you going to try to give them the death penalty, though? I mean, why? Because, it's a little too severe, Frank. Because and these, are, it, and these it, cases it, are hard to prove, too. Because to me, it's a clear disregard of the rules. It's not like, it's not just 
flat out, oh, we didn't know, oh, crap, we didn't realize it, we're so sorry. This was a, we're going to play this guy, we don't care. What are you? They're basically telling the MHSAA, what are you going to do about it? You haven't done anything in the past, that's because you don't have the balls to do it. To me, that's basically a... That's just a clear disregard for authority. Well, then again, though, you got to look at it, time, money, and resources. I mean, it, it goes on in every state. It goes on here in Ohio where there's 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 yeah, question I, on people's I, transfers, and there's some people that have taken it to court and, and and drawn it out. But after a while, though, I guess my thing is this: Why is it that if it's with, really what the parents want, it's with the, the kid doesn't say, well, I'm going to transfer. It's not like college where the kid can just say, I'm transferring, I'm going over here. It's the parents. Let's let's be honest. Nowadays, everybody's going to whoever's the most popular and whoever's the most hype because they're chasing that scholarship. Let's, let's be honest with that. And if they think that their kid has a good opportunity to go to a school and get showcased or whatever, they're going to do it. There's no. This is no different than the Bishop Sycamore situation, where somebody goes in there, they believe the lies and the hype, and they go over and they transfer. The only th- the only thing I will say about that is Chandler Park is far from a football powerhouse. I mean, they fa- they first became a program in 2008, and they had a string of nine straight playoff appearances until. From 2009 to 2017. And they weren't really making deep runs. They were basically just like getting the first round and get bounced. Yeah, but where are these kids going going from and going to? We got about a couple more minutes and then we got to get moving on. But I know the school's based in Harper Woods. So. Harper Woods. But the thing about it is here, Frank, is that. At this point, after being a coach for so long, I, I I don't care anymore about transfers. I just don't. I mean, think about it. There's other things that are just so much going on with the with the, with high school football, basketball, girls, boys, sports, whatever. The one thing that that's troubling is these charter schools. To me, that I, I think that's more ethic code than anything because nowadays people just make up these curriculums you come to our school and you already know that they're going to the charter school really for sports and really for academics let me just be honest with that so you can maybe call them out for that this kid here probably thought he had a better opportunity at this school and he goes to the school and he transfers. he went there because his dad was coaching okay so they're right there now that his dad's coaching there there's some places where they'll allow that to happen my dad's coaching here i'm going to follow my dad and there's sometimes you're allowed to transfer without penalty, or you don't well. Have to. In, the, in this case, he was not allowed to transfer with a, still had to sit out. Okay, and, and they basically said, "We're still going to play, and I'm going to do. I'm going to basically break every rule in sight to make sure he gets on the field, and I don't care what kind of sanctions get levied." And at the end of the day, and what and what mess what message are you sending to your players by doing that? What what are you telling them saying? Oh well. We're gonna we're basically gonna disregard a rule just so we get one guy to play, but if we, and if we get caught, oh well. What are you, what are you telling your players? You tell them like, okay, you know, do what do whatever it takes, even if you have to break laws and crap like that. No, basically, what they're saying is, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Sincerely, Bill Belichick. Well, this. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's how sports are now, Frank. I, I've just come to just. To, but this to is, but that. this is high school. I mean, it is. It's not. It's. I mean, it look. Is, I get you. Really the win, the wins and losses do count more at this level, but 
What matters? Varsity level. Yeah, varsity. the varsity level. But if you're, but it's also learning life lessons as well. Well, Frank, it's how much you can apply? How many? How many of these kids are going to go on and play at the next level? The answer is not very many. One percent. Yeah. Well, three percent if you add up all the divisions. But if you're trying to do division one, one percent, or even a little less than one percent. But you got these parents out here and these handlers. That that shop their kids around. And I've seen it. They shop the kids around and everything. And 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 and, and, and look at some of some schools around here in this area that continually to become the powerhouse. I know this is what's sad part about it is, and this and it, it might be this generation. It might be the parents. I don't know, but I know that there are certain schools that kids will go to that know they'll be second or third string where we can go to another school and actually probably get all league honors and try to compete and beat the other school. But we don't do that nowadays. We just go to where whatever is flashy and has the swag and who's ever doing this. And that's that's the problem. And a lot of times I, I feel bad for the kids because it's not really the kids. It's usually the parents and the adults in the situation that are the ones to blame. But here's a coach that wanted a talented player – he tried to get them. It is a bad message. We do what we can to, to, to do whatever it takes to win. But then again, they'll probably put in a loophole and say, well, he was going there. His dad was already coaching there. And we were told this, this, and that. And then you go to court. I mean, you know, most of these associations in the state are already cash strapped. So they're not going to do anything about it. They're just not. Unless you do something really major that, that puts a kid's life in danger, then they'll probably do something about it. But these transfer stuff. No. Well, like I said, the MHSAA has to step up and make an example of this because if you, if they don't, well, and just basically give them, they let let them off by saying, oh, they just forfeit all their wins. Mm. That's not going to deter anything. You basically got to send a strong message saying, mm. you get caught, you will be have you will basically have to beg. For mercy, because cheat, because cheaters never prosper, and you know what? That may as well be our life lesson for the day. Yeah, well, some people would disagree with you. There's a lot of people that cheat; they get away with stuff. Yeah, once you get caught, dirty yeah. cheaters don't oh, prosper. Yeah. People that can't cover up their cheating don't prosper. Well, basically, Harper Woods Chandler Park Academy could not cover up their cheating. Mm, okay. Because there were enough people who sniffed them out and busted them. Okay, well, we'll move on. We got to get into your power play. You were thinking that went a little long. Yeah, because I, I want. I, there was something about sportsmanship I wanted to get into as well. Nah, Frank. <laughs> Frank, you're going. You, you got to break. Sometimes got to break these segments yeah. up. Maybe you should have just scrapped the recap and got to the meat and potatoes. Yeah. So we're gonna take a, a quick commercial break, and when we return. We'll get into your power play. All righty. All right. Listen in to 88.3 WHTs. After further review, up next, Frank's power play. That was a 40-minute segment, but a good one, though, about cheating, life lessons, and transfers. Coming up next, Frank's power play.